0: New week, new episode, this week in our series about captaincy, we covered an Irishman who became the English captain and helped them achieve something no one has ever been able to. Won them an ODI Cricket World Cup. I'm of course talking about Oyn Morgan, but before we dissect his captaincy, it is really important to set the scene under which he became the captain. So Janak, do you want to remind our audience of what was going on in English cricket when Oyn Morgan was appointed the captain?
1: Yeah, sure. I think technically it all started in 2011 after India series when England were touring India. Alistair Cook, who was a captain at that point of time, was rested for a ODI and Morgan was given the opportunity to lead the team. And at that time, Morgan became only the third Irish player to lead England. But the full-time captaincy came under interesting circumstances. Uh, It was in 2015, after the Sri Lanka series, just before the 2015 World Cup, Cook was given the boot and Morgan was given full-time captaincy. So, yeah, that was a pretty bold choice from... English cricket board right to just yeah. two months before before the World Cup uh, to uh, knock out your full-time captain
0: oh absolutely for any team that's a big shuffle right right before such, such a big ICC tournament coming up it was a bold move but I think like it was it was a start of a new era under Andrew Stoss at that point so bold decision making seems to have been their uh, mode of operation I guess. Yeah. And this was in line with that. Yeah.
1: Andrew Strauss, the cricket director, right? At that point of time. Uh, exactly. He, yeah. yeah. He he started stitching kind of a strategy with uh, Morgan. Because in English cricket was in slums at that point of time. They were, what, like ranked 7th uh, in 2015 when Morgan took over. So you can tell that uh, they were nowhere close to the top 3 or 4 teams. They've never been that top 3 team. But at least they have... Yeah. Uh, you know shown some spark
0: and like historically they, they had made it to at least a few World Cup finals every few years right But at that point, like during that 2007, 2011, and 2015 World Cups, they were nowhere close. So I think, like, you know, that tells you a lot. And I think the reason for that was uh, in some post analysis, it was identified that, you know, their style of cricket was still the 1990s cricket and it hadn't moved with times. Because 2011 and 2015, you're talking about an era where where T20 had impacted the game so much that the whole ODI scenario was a different beast in itself. And England were still stuck in that uh, era of 1990s, I would say. And yeah, so that's why the first thing that Strauss came in and did was that, okay, we have to start with a clean slate and we got to make some big changes.
1: And I mean, it was a bold move, uh, I would say. I have not seen, uh, you know, any team kind of chuck their captain just two months before the World Cup and mm-hmm. then kind of give it to somebody. Morgan was a good player. He was an established player already in English team. But yeah, I don't think he had that kind of very, you know, bold reputation to to take the charge. But uh, obviously, yeah. maybe the, the inside folks know more about him and they, they saw that in him. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the results are to be seen right now.
0: Yeah, and like it's it's no joke to replace someone like Alistair Cook, right? Like no matter what people say about him, but he is probably one of the best batsmen England has ever produced and that guy was leading them. So to fill in his shoes was a big deal, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's a it's a gamble, right? If you uh, kind of throw out your main player or who who's someone like a legend. Imagine yes. if that was in India, uh, I think oh my God. they they, they yeah. would have burned houses of the selectors and the cricketing board. I
0: would say. One selector talks about oh, Dhoni needs to reconsider his future and then that guy is trolled for years altogether. So can't even imagine doing something like this in India. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I mean we yeah. saw sort yeah. of Ganguly and Greg Chapel thing, right? So uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah, we lived through that era. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah.
1: By maybe the English, just like their uh, cricket, ODI cricket, they, even the fans are like mellowed down. Uh, they don't really care whether, whether you are, you know, getting rid of your main player or whoever you are pointing. I mean, until at, then.
0: At that point, exactly. Yeah. I, until that point, I wouldn't have blamed the fans either because they, they had a very lackluster ODI game, right? There was nothing exciting to watch about it. So for a, from a fan's perspective, I wouldn't blame them, you know.
1: But so, I think yeah I think everybody was very happy because the ashes performance kind of uh, you know shot up really well after that 2005 so as long as you, you were doing well in ashes uh, I think some of the fans were content and then uh, maybe some some started or at least their legends or their retired players started criticizing their ODI setup and that's where this change uh, kind of came about
0: yeah, honestly, like looking back on it and the more I read about Oin Morgan, I think they couldn't have picked a better player. Because if I remember, right after he took over that captaincy, he didn't really start that great off the bat. You know, because he took the captaincy um, and then uh, I think he had one good game where he scored a century. Uh, but after that, during the World Cup, he had a pretty disappointing World Cup for personally and then also as a captain, right? So he had to deal with that. and then- I guess
1: so, yeah. I mean, I think the team was knocked out in the league stages, right? So, even uh, like personally and uh, as a team, they, they failed. So, it was like a big thing. Uh, and maybe people would start questioning right is it the right thing to do uh, and yeah. bring in like an inexperienced leader into the setup that is true but yeah I think he's done a great job after that uh, to not only bring in you know, a team up but also himself he, he's led by example
0: yeah and that that's very interesting picking up himself was a critical part because like right after that World Cup he, he went back to IPL I think he was playing for SRH at that point went back to IPL then he had a couple of series against New Zealand and Australia and that is where he kind of found his rhythm back. So that was a quick turnaround for him if you think about it, right? Like you have been appointed captain, you have the World Cup setback and personally as well, you haven't put that many runs on the board and considering that, you know, within the next couple of months, he was scoring runs in New Zealand and Australia again. That was, I think, a pretty quick turnaround and that was a nice way of him picking up the responsibility that I'm going to lead from the front. And I'm going to figure out what's going on with myself. And he he wasn't one who was just like all talks and just like asking people to do something. But he was actually doing something about it himself.
1: Yeah. And I think more often than not, these kind of leaders succeed and and they, uh, you know, they, they take the team in a different direction because they kind of take charge of the situation. And at the same time, they first deliver and then the teammates automatically start delivering right because it's pretty contagious those good performances when your captain is so aggressive and at the same time composed and he's trying everything to to win a match to to win a series for 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 the country i think it spills over all all the the team players
0: yeah, absolutely. And that's something I think we have covered in our episodes a couple of weeks back, is that it's easier to lead from the front if, if you are actually contributing to the team. So you can automatically command the respect of your teammates. Right? But yeah, speaking of um, the team culture, uh, let's look at that, like how him, Andrew Strauss and Trevor Bailey's have changed that around. Because like I said, like the their style of playing was kind of redundant uh, by the time they were playing crickets in 2015. And I know that he has mentioned it in the interview uh, quite a few times that, you know, the, he, they, they tried to emulate the New Zealand model.
1: Yeah, I think Morgan himself admitted, right, they kind of followed the 2015 World Cup uh, New Zealand uh, style of cricket. I, I mean, New Zealand, if you see are they, they're not the most aggressive players out there or, you know, somebody who, who would go eye and eye and try to thrash uh, the opposition. But they they go about their own business. Uh, they understand their skills, they understand their strengths and weakness. And 2015-2019, uh, two World Cup uh, finals, it's a pretty big achievement. So I think that's what Morgan picked up uh, and kind of he built that culture in his team to stay true to yourself and uh, do what you are, uh, you know, best at by expressing yourself
0: and i think uh, one thing different is you always hear that play your natural game be yourself out there but as a player who's trying to find a spot in an ods setup it's very difficult right come to think of it but i think one good thing that um, morgan and company did is they didn't just say that they actually gave them the assurance that you know what You go out there, you fail a few games, your position is not going to be at a risk. So that kind of gave the players the cushion to actually go out there and play their natural game. Because most of these players, the aggressive players, right, that uh, they ended up picking, they got to that ODI setup playing a certain aggressive kind of cricket. And then when they get into the squad, they are given two chances. And then if they don't perform, they're dropped, right? So it it makes sense for them to be under pressure to secure their spot first. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean... I think yeah, inconsistency in, in any kind of setup hurts a player's confidence. So whether the selectors are showing less confidence or whether it's your captain or or even your overall staff, right? So I think, yeah, that's one thing which is not really noted, but that has made the difference because if you see over the last five, six years, uh, we are seeing very familiar faces in every playing 11 or at least every every squad that they they take for touring. And everybody, at least the cricketing world knows their four or five big players, which I don't think maybe 10 years back, it was, I guess, Andrew Flintoff. off. <laughs> or uh, james anderson yeah a couple of them not not really yeah. okay, kevin peterson obviously but yeah
0: Yeah, but even even with those players, right, there was a lot of in and outs happening around. So you can see, you know, how giving them a sense of security has made these players able to express themselves a little better. So there was one phase of his captaincy at the beginning, right, when they said that, okay, we are going to take this uh, new approach to cricket and we are going to emulate the New Zealand model. In the first couple of series, it wasn't going that well. But the thing I really like about Morgan is that, During those phases, he was very adamant that, no, this is the model we are going to stick with and we are going to give it a few more tries. So I'm not going to change my playing 11. So if you look at it in the first few series, the changes that he made to the squad were barely like one or two players, but the core and... Majority of the squad for that matter just stayed the same.
1: Yeah, and that's right, right, the consistency and the confidence, the backing that you give to your player. Even if there are a couple of failures, he knows that his his spot is uh, is not kind of going to be challenged. Uh, he's going to get more opportunities. So, they they always come back stronger. That's one of the key reasons why why they are so successful in the last few years in ODI cricket. And uh, one thing, I think uh, Morgan has mentioned this a couple of times. He's pretty close to Brendan McCullum uh, and he talks a lot about you know leadership and overall cricket with him so even McCullum was pretty good right he himself was explosive batsman but he backed his uh, players uh, and in 2015 you, you saw that i mean except for that one final uh, overall they were they were the top yeah. Yep. Tough team to beat. Yeah, so, and
0: they've they've consistently been like that since then. Since Brendan McCallum came up, they made it to the finals in 2015 again in 2019. So that tells you that you know something that he brought into the team is kind of working for the team right now. And I think that's what Morgan is trying to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a really good quality to have as a leader. It's like not just looking at, you know, the time that he's going to lead, but also setting up processes so that whatever comes in the future, they ensure that the team's needs are being met. So, speaking of, other qualities that this guy possesses, right? What else are some of the other traits that you like about him as an as a leader?
1: I think whenever I've watched him, he's he's been pretty calm, uh, I would say, uh, on the field when the team is under pressure. I haven't seen him panic a whole lot. Uh, he, he's been skillful in making uh, bowling changes or field placements or or even while batting, what kind of approach needs to be taken, when to attack, when to block. So uh, I think he's a pretty good reader of the game and he understands uh, not only his strengths, but also the players that he's carrying with him. So. Uh, that's that's very really important right to, to understand yeah, the yeah, whole dynamics
0: yeah. and I think that's a good part because I remember reading it somewhere that when they started the overhaul of the ODI setup he was pretty much given a blank sheet by Andrew Stoss and asked to name the kind of players that you want and he was very clear in his mind what kind of cricket he wanted to play and to make that happen, what kind of player he needed. So, that I think is a good sign of a leader that in his mind he's super clear that, okay, this is what I want to be done. These are the guys I think can do it, and I want them in my squad. So I think that that's one of the leadership aspect that I like about him. And I think in some of those senses, he reminds me of Dhoni a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's fair to say.
0: Oh. I think if there is any any ODI captain right now who is as smart as reading the game, I think uh, next to Dhoni, I would say morgan is the guy
1: yeah absolutely and he's been named the uh, captain of the year right uh, just earlier in 2020 uh because of the heroics in the uh, 2019 world cup and i mean he thoroughly deserves that i mean look at not just his uh you know tactics or his composure on the field but even off the field if you look at uh, some examples like uh not touring bangladesh because of security reasons uh, I mean, somebody would think, hey, he's the leader, right? He should be the one. Uh, he should be actually advocating to tour yeah. and make sure that the cricket goes ahead. He backs his own personal beliefs as well, and there is no harm, right? If you feel there is some threat, then uh, I think your personal life yeah. is the most important. Absolutely,
0: so that, and yeah. that was that was one of the reasons. Like he was, I think uh, his argument was, if I am a leader, and if I say yes, I know most of my players will say yes, but. He was not comfortable with the security threat that he was putting his player under. So that's why he did not agree to go. And I think only Alex Hill pulled out uh, with him. But again, as a leader, you have to be very firm with whatever decisions you make. And he stuck with it. It was a matter where, you know, he could have jeopardized his captaincy, but he he stuck by his guns.
1: I think, yeah. And that's where the credit should also go to uh, England Cricket Board. For not forcing players to tour, uh, especially your captain, uh, if he has his uh, uh, you know, own belief or some concerns, then uh, they they kind of backed him. Uh, so that's pretty good, right? Because that that gives confidence to Morgan himself that okay, I have the backing of my board of my staff member, uh, and if I express legitimate concerns, then it's not that you know I'm I'm going to be kicked out for for going against the will of, of the uh, England board. So,
0: that is true. It, it's really good of them to, you know, give the players that leeway that, you know, your opinions will also be considered. It's not just like a one-way communication where ECB decides you're going to do this and you have to do this. So that's really, I would say, considerate of cricket boards, which you don't get to see that often.
1: And then other thing that I liked about him was uh, the incident around Alex Hales, right? Uh, I mean, he he was one of their main openers or or uh, you know our top 3 batsmen so he didn't rush him into the squad even now he's not into the squad so he, he's you know hard taskmaster he wants to make sure that the discipline uh, in the dressing room is maintained and uh, it's not compromised because of you know some ill doing of one player even if that Absolutely. player is very important
0: Yeah, that's a really tough call to make, right? Because Alex Hales right now, he's playing franchise cricket all around the world. And he's probably been the best player in the world for the past, I would say, a year and a half right now. And still, this guy is like, no, there is no way that this guy is going to walk into my team. And uh, he's sticking to his guns again. And like, I, I can yeah. only imagine the pressure he's under to let someone of Alex Hale's quality to let in. But again, as a leader, it's not just about what talent Alex Hales brings to the squad. It's also about discipline. And you want to set an example. Yeah. So,
1: And some of it is he has some comfort uh, off of the bench strength, which uh, the previous English teams did not have. Uh, and that's also because he's worked hard to build that bench strength. So, even if Alex Hale's return is delayed a little bit, I think he has got enough backup options like uh, uh, Jason Roy or Joe Denley uh, at, at the top of the order. And
0: uh, yeah. And I think that's a good point that you mentioned that, you know, the project management of the whole ODS setup has been so good that he has even uh, used external resources to develop his players. I think uh, I remember him talking about using IPL as a vehicle for developing the talent, right? You know, that's a very smart move from a, from a project management perspective, right? Because you know that your players are not getting the same level of exposure to good quality cricket at the county level. So you just start sending them out where they can get that kind of exposure and develop them.
1: And I mean, he himself has credited IPL, right? Too, for some of the experience and some of the uh, learnings that uh, he, he has gone through in the IPL. So that's not, not a surprise at all. And I, I think I've heard uh, Nasir Hussein say that uh, Ben Stokes couldn't have played that innings in the final uh, if it were not uh, his experience in IPL. So uh, yeah, IPL has done good to a lot of uh, these talented cricketers who uh, you know who wouldn't have been able to show talent or or their skills uh, if if the, they wouldn't have this IPL kind of platform.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like we have found some gems for the Indian squad as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm actually glad that you know it's it's coming back for this year. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, and speaking of IPL, like he's also, like, I think he's member of the KKR squad uh, this year, right? I mean, he's been with KKR for a while and this year again, he's going to participate with them. So um, I'm actually looking forward to watching him in action because he's kind of that kind of player who you won't make notice of his contributions right away. But when you look at the scorecard, you're like, oh, this guy played a significant role. Like, at least to me, he's been that kind of a player.
1: I think, yeah, he's going to bring that stability in the middle order for KKR and uh, e- even the leadership experience, uh, although he's made it very clear that uh, it's going to be Dinesh Karthik who's going to take uh, you know all the calls, but uh, he will be very happy to provide I- inputs and coach the younger or the inexperienced players in the squad, which is another way uh, you know great sign of a leader not being arrogant, uh, having just won a World Cup, uh, right, and uh, looking to contribute in whatever way the team wants. Uh, so I, I guess that's another plus point of of someone like Morgan uh, having around you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, because he understands how difficult it is for a captain to, you know, have his own vision and bring it to fruition. So I guess he's with Karthik on that one. That you know, hey, you have your vision. I'm here to support it. I'll support it in whatever way I can, and if you need my help, I'm here. And that, yeah. like, like you said, that's an amazing quality to have as a leader, right? Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, enough about his leadership skills. I guess let, let's let do uh, thinking back on how he compares with the other English captains. Even, you know, uh, even going as far back as like a couple of decades, I would say.
1: I mean, in my opinion, obviously the first World Cup winning captain has to be a more successful captain. <laughs> uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe in 90s, Ian Botham. Yeah, but in ODIs, yeah, they they have been below par. Right, uh, Nasser Rousseau, Michael Vaughan, Andrew Strauss, then and yeah. Mr. Cook.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are the... English captains that I've seen as I grew up and honestly, none of them sticks out as much as this guy does because just the sheer amount of work he had to do to overhaul the whole ODI setup by itself is a big task and then to give them the World Cup and then uh, make them number one team in ODI, it's it's a significant feat. So yeah, I agree with you that by far he is the best ODI. Although I'll still uh, say uh, that the World Cup was a bit controversial.
1: uh, but yeah, uh, we, <laughs> let's not go into the details. But again, he, he deserves the credit for leading the team yeah. uh, into but the finals and, and, you know, giving giving that, exactly. that kind of match for exactly. the spectators. So all all pledge to him for that.
0: Yeah. And I know it boiled down to just that one moment in the World Cup final, but there yeah. was four years of efforts behind it. And that is what I commend in him that, you know, the that one moment is the sum of True. all that effort of four years. Yeah. So and yeah, maybe just one point point uh,
1: right. on that. So in World Cup, uh, they were in a situation where they had to win four matches straight to lift that World Cup. So it's essentially like a knockout stage for them. And they did exceedingly well. And it was against strong teams like Australia uh, and India in between. It kind of just shows, right, the fearlessness and at the same time to have that composure in those knockout games uh, and to deliver.
0: I guess that's where his plan to use IPL came in handy because that's, that's the exact pressure he wanted his players to be familiar with, right? And that's where like players like Ben Stokes and Butler, for True. that matter, kind of delivered. And man, I kept looking for anything negative about his captaincy per se. I honestly couldn't find much except for the fact that age is not really on his yeah, side. Yeah, it's
1: tough, right? I mean, he, he took guard of England ODI team when the team was in a slump. So, the benchmark or the threshold was already pretty low. So, even if he had not won a World (laughs) Cup, but, you know, it took them to like semis or something, it would have still been so much better because in 2015, they got knocked out in league stages.
0: By Bangladesh <laughs> well, Bangladesh
1: has kicked India out as well. So, <laughs> yeah. you should never uh, yeah, underestimate them. True. That is but true. Uh, yeah, I think over four years, he's won uh, like bilateral series and, and also the fact that he's never been involved in any controversy. None of his team players speaking or leaking out anything. Uh, He's got full support of the team. So that's another, uh, you know, credible thing that that works in the favor of a leader when it comes to reputation or when it comes to, uh, you know, comparing him against other caps. So that's the reason, yeah, maybe in four years or five years, it's still early days, uh, you could say, because there have been captains like Ricky Ponting, Dhoni, uh, even Steve Waugh who have led their country for almost a decade. And then towards the end, uh, they, they, we've seen that fist kind of go out, but uh, hopefully with Morgan, it it will be different.
0: Fingers crossed. I mean, hopefully he's still around to lead them to a title defense. Which in I'm not
1: too confident mm, about because but, he's already 33, uh, uh, you know, almost 34 now. Uh, three years from now, I, yeah, I don't know.
0: But I, I mean, a player being part of a squad when he's 37 re- representing the team for a World Cup, yeah. I don't oh, think that's yeah, but
1: off. I mean, he, the the <laughs> person that you were talking about, he gave up captaincy before that. So I don't know if Morgan, that is but, but Morgan yeah. only plays one uh, format or two rather. So it will be interesting how, how yeah. fit he is and if anybody else is, you know, ready to take over the uh, leadership from, from him. But if not, then yeah, I think he, he will continue to lead. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that would be something yeah. interesting because... They're playing India in twenty twenty three. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. In any case, fun, I don't think
1: anybody watch. is going to be able to stop India in twenty twenty three. That's that's something I'm pretty confident. It's a big uh, thing in India now.
0: Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rohit and Virat are like itching yeah, to have so. another shot I, yeah. at the title.
1: I mean, it might be their last World Cups, and being in India, the amount of support you and that's the trend, right? If you start looking from like what twenty eleven. Uh, the home team has, or, or the host team has, uh, always won the World Cup. So yeah, it's back to
0: that yeah. again. It's it's <laughs> exactly. on us to yeah. complete the cycle, I guess. Well, we'll, we'll see yeah. at that point Bye. if yeah. uh, Captain Morgan and his, his his squad can spoil the party for India. But uh, I yeah, think we'll just sit one tight. Thing maybe the... he he would, that's,
1: that's he would want to add to his uh, cabinet is the T Twenty World Cup. Uh, which unfortunately got, uh, you know, delayed or postponed this year. But uh, yeah, let's see next year. I think he'll be around like at least one or two years, right? So uh, if he can win that, then I think he would go down as one of the greatest captains of not just England team, but uh, overall in ODI cricket. Well, yeah,
0: time will tell. I think a year and a half is not that far off and I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot more of him yeah. in that time. So... Fingers crossed for that. Well, folks, that's all we have for you this week. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Cricket Social Podcast. Join us next week as we cover another interesting leader, the Australian skipper, Tim Payne. Until then, goodbye from us.